0: Another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. And we're back with another Beyond the News episode. Seven episodes ago was the last Beyond the News episode, and every seven episodes we cover Earth's newsfeed. The strange, the wacky, the wild, the out there, the psychedelic, the cutting edge, all of the things we normally cover on this show through various authors and guests and lectures. We look for those things within Earth's news sphere and extract those stories, the mainstream stories, the fringe stories, the not so mainstream stories. We extract those We aggregate those and we bring them here for these Beyond the News episodes. So here we are again doing Beyond the News. And as usual with these Beyond the News episodes, I have my very special guest co-host, Bryn Anderson. Hello, Bryn.
1: Hey, how's it going? It is going well.
0: Thank you for joining us again for Beyond the News.
1: Of course. I really like these episodes.
0: Yes, I know. That's why you keep coming back.
1: (laughs) That would be a reason. Sure.
0: (laughs) We have a lot of stories to cover this time. There's going to be a very wide net that we cast this week because there's just so much out there. Sometimes there's less stories. Sometimes there's more stories. This time it's a more story episode. Buckle up. It's going to be a good one.
1: I feel like seven weeks is a good amount of time to... Find all kinds of wacky things that have happened around the world.
0: Yeah, it does take a little bit of time for these things to build up. However, with the way the world is right now, currently in 2023, seven weeks, whew, you can get a lot out of seven weeks, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. More than I could cover in and one And there's episode.
1: more information. I feel like there's just so much more information right on the surface.
0: Everywhere, all the time. Yes, digital information, physical information, spiritual information. The whole universe is actually made... Out of information. So, yes, and always love. all around us and love. Love is information.
1: No, I said light, but light, and light love. is Light is. Yes. Light,
0: love, it's all information. Yes. So, here we are informing you with this week's Beyond the News episode. But before we can do that, before we go there, I need you to do something for me. Go to patreon.com slash Earth. And check out our Patreon page. Become a patron. Support me. Support this podcast directly. I need your support. I need to devote everything that I am, even more. And I already am. I already am doing that. Help me expand. Help me expand this podcast. Help me expand the reach. Help me get the information out there to more people around the world. I need your help. Go to patreon.com slash midnight on earth. Check out a tier that you can adjust to that. You can integrate into your life and know again that you are making a direct impact by supporting this. You're just literally fueling the battery that helps to elevate and evolve humanity. So, Again, check it out, patreon.com slash Earth. And this week, I'd like to give a shout out to what I consider to be the best dispensary, cannabis dispensary in Southwest Portland. Perhaps in the world, I'm not sure, but Southwest Portland, 100%. FIDUS, F-I-D-U-S, FIDUS. PDX it's in Southwest Portland, the Multnomah village area. Check it out. All organic, incredible high quality cannabis. I absolutely love those guys. Super cool people. John, the owner is so cool. and They're always really nice to everyone, to every customer that they interact with. So if you're in Southwest Portland, driving down I five South, just right there off the highway, put it in your Google navigator or however you're navigating. FIDUS, F-I-D is in dog, F-I-D-U-S, PDX. You'll get there. Check it out. Incredible deals. Big shout out to FIDUS PDX. So, wow. One more thing, people, okay? It's beyond the news episode, so I get to stretch out. I can just do whatever I want to do. You're either with me or you're not. It's your choice. I hope you're with me. I feel like you're with me. You're always with me. Follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow me there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all the podcast apps, the player apps, wherever you go to find me and your favorite podcast Click the button that connects us so you know exactly what is happening every week. And if you're a person that only likes the Beyond the News episodes, fine. You just keep getting a notification. And then on the seventh episode, boom, there's the one that you want. You get that notification. Also, tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. They're your friend your family member, your co-worker, your life partner, your online buddy. They don't even have to be physical. You're just connecting spiritually with communication methods. However you engage with these beings, tell them about me. Bring them here. MidnightOnearth.com. Thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. It actually helps if you can put any energy into helping this expand it's equally appreciated in every way however you choose to show up to help get this information out to more people and help grow the whole thing the whole midnight on earth community the whole midnight on earth frequency it is greatly and deeply appreciated so Here we go. Hey, Bryn, How's it
1: going? Hey, how's it going?
0: Happy spring. Happy spring. Spring is sprung. It is April. Bryn, are you ready for this week's ginormous pile, digital pile of articles?
1: Yes, I'm so ready for your ginormous digital pile. (laughs) Woo,
0: yeah. There's so many, so many stories that we're going to cover this week because there's just so much going on. And I just love to cover it and I love to talk about it. So here we go, people. Let's do the very first one. First article. Reuters.com. Headline vending machine in remote Japan Town sells meat from intruding bears. So don't
1: <laughs> Wow, you know how to really start it off with a bang. Oh <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. If you're a bear, beware. Uh Beware of Semboku, Japan. So here we go. A remote Japanese town has taken to selling bear meat from a vending machine, sourcing its supply of Asian black bears listed as a vulnerable species from traps. They were caught in by hunters in the mountains. Bear attacks are an increasing problem in parts of rural Japan due to a shortage of food in the forest that brings the animals into inhabited areas to forage. The bears can be dangerous when they come into town, so hunters will set up traps or shoot them, said Daishi Sato, who placed the vending machine outside his soba noodle shop near the railway station in Samboku, north of Tokyo in Akita Prefecture. Asian black bears are listed as vulnerable, but not critically so, so it's legal to eat that bear in Japan. Meat from trapped bears is tastier since the blood is drained immediately, according to Sato. Oh my God. Vending machines throughout Japan offer everything from drinks, snacks, and surgical masks to more exotic fare, such as edible insects and whale meats. Bear meat isn't very common, so we want tourists who come to visit the town to buy it, Sato said. Last year, 75 people were injured in Japan in encounters with bears and two were killed, according to government data. Last year, 75 people were injured in Japan in encounters with bears and two were killed, according to government data. One of the deaths was in Akita. Interesting. So now there's a vending machine with bear meat in it. Ha ha bear. Who's the winner?
1: I'm just curious how that's packaged.
0: Very carefully frozen. It's a frozen vending machine. Okay. Very strange. We don't have those things here in the West. Would you buy frozen meat from a vending machine? No. Okay. So there you go. Some people would, and they're in Japan.
1: (laughs) That's why the vending machine's there, I guess.
0: And our next article, msn.com. Headline, a guy says he had a heart attack and went to hell in 2016. Here's what he saw. Interesting. In 2016, a Michigan-based priest named Gerald Johnson suffered a heart attack. He says he had a near-death experience that sent him somewhere he never thought he'd visit. Hell. You know, that's exactly what happened to the guest that we had early in the show's history about near-death experiences. Recently, Johnson took to TikTok to share the details of his traumatic NDE. Far from the kind of warm, bright light epiphany you might expect to hear from someone who temporarily ventures into the great beyond. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Johnson recounts in the viral video, I don't care what he did to me. No one deserves that. Johnson says that immediately after his heart attack in February, 2016, his spirit left his physical body and he went down to hell entering through the very center of the earth. Though he says the things I saw there are indescribable, but he did his best. Johnson claims he saw a man walking on all fours like a dog and getting burned from head to toe. Johnson also heard music in hell, including Rihanna's umbrella. (laughs) And Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Uh, Is that like some sort of sick torture? Don't worry, be happy. You're in hell. (laughs) Traditionally upbeat tunes, only this time demons were singing the songs to... Torture people. Wow. Okay. Well, this is news these days. That was in Popular Mechanics, actually, via MSN.com. So, whoa. Okay. We had a guest that had a similar experience. That was MK McDaniel. She went to hell. You can hear about it way back. Episode 29. Go listen to that one. It's a crazy story. Just like this is a crazy story. New York Post headline, New Jersey factory imports cocaine plant that flavors Coca-Cola thanks to DEA arrangements. So for people that don't know, they use Coca-Leaves in the soda Coca-Cola. In the processing of the Coca-Leaves, pure cocaine is created by Coca-Cola. And then it is intercepted by the DEA. And who knows what happens to that? I'm going to say
1: what happens next.
0: It gets distributed among politicians and uh, Hollywood movie stars, and then they sell it to fund their other operations. So here's the article. Guess you can't beat the real thing. Coca-Cola gets its iconic taste. Thanks in part to a chemical processing factory in a sleepy New Jersey neighborhood that has the country's only license to import the plant Used to make cocaine. The Maywood based facility, now managed by the Steppen Company, has been processing coca leaves for the soft drink giant for more than a century and had its license to import them renewed by the DEA earlier this year. The coca leaves are used to create a decocainized ingredient for the soda. And the leftover byproduct is sold to the opioid manufacturing company Mallincroft, which uses the powder to make numbing agents for dentists. Ooh, interesting. It's unclear how much coca leaves the Steppen Company imports annually, although the New York Times reported in 1988. Then it brought in between 56 and 588 metric tons of coca leaves from Peru and Bolivia each year, signing DEA figures. Wow. And it makes you wonder what actually is in the Coca-Cola. Who's testing it? There probably is some of those addictive properties. Still trapped in that syrupy mess. It destroys your body. Try not to drink it if you can. Here's the next article APnews.com. Headline Elephants in the Dining Room. Startup makes mammoth meatball. Okay. And by mammoth, we're talking about woolly mammoth. Here's the article Throw another mammoth on the Barbie, an Australian company on Tuesday lifted the glass cloche on a meatball made of lab-grown cultured meat using the genetic sequence from the long-extinct pachyderm, saying it was meant to fire up public debate about the high-tech treats. The launch in Amsterdam Science Museum came just days before April 1st, so there was an elephant in the room. Is this for real? This is not an April Fool's joke said Tim Noakesmith, founder of Australian startup Vow. This is a real innovation. Cultivated meat, also called cultured or cell-based meat, is made from animal cells. Livestock doesn't need to be killed to produce it, which advocates say is better not just for the animals, but also for the environment. Vow used publicly available genetic information from the mammoth Filled missing parts with genetic data from its closest living relative, the African elephant, and inserted it into a sheep cell, Noakesmith said. Given the right conditions in a lab, the cells multiplied until there were enough to roll up into the meatball. My God. More than 100 companies around the world are working on cultivated meat products. Many of them are startups like. Wow. Experts say that if the technology is widely adopted, it could vastly reduce the environmental impact of global meat production in the future. Currently, billions of acres of land are used for agriculture worldwide. Wow. What do you think, Bryn Mammoth Meatball?
1: Sounds like a whole mix, like mammoth in a sheep cell. And I don't believe that it's true that they don't kill animals to create lab grown meat because I've read in several several sources that they actually do have to take uh fetal cows in order to start the culture. So I don't know, did they use a fetal elephant or something to start this one? But it's definitely not a no kill scenario.
0: It's all really strange. It's a Franken food. It's very Yeah, I, I'll not- have a salad.
1: Ooh. I mean yeah. I, yeah. So
0: speaking of frankenfoods here is yahoonews.com headline end of the rainbow california bill target skittles other snacks with toxic chemicals why do we deal with this as humans where we have to allow these harmful products these harmful chemicals to be in the food supply whether it's candy whether it's traditional food wherever it's at it's there and we just accept it because these corporations shove it down our throat. Why is that? Why have we been programmed to accept things that are poisonous in our food supply? Well, it sounds like they're making a stand in California. So here's the article. Candy and snacks at your local market could be made with different ingredients if a bill proposed by California Assembly member Jesse Gabriel is voted into law. Last month, Gabriel introduced AB418, which would ban the sale, manufacture, and distribution of foods containing chemicals that have been linked to health concerns, including decreased immune response, hyperactivity in children, and increased risk of cancer. The bill would make California the first state to ban the sale and manufacture of foods containing the chemicals, according to a release from Gabriel's office. The chemicals currently banned in the European Union are found in numerous snack staples, including Skittles, Ding Dongs, and a host of other ubiquitous food items. California lawmakers backing the bill pointed to a number of scientific studies that showed links between the chemicals, which include red dye number three. Titanium dioxide, potassium bromate, brominated vegetable oil, and propylparaben, and health issues. In one study cited by Gabriel's office, titanium dioxide used in Skittles as a colorant was found to be associated with decreased immune response in rats. A lawsuit filed last year in California against Mars, which manufactures Skittles, claimed that the colorful confections were unfit for human consumption due to titanium dioxide. The substance is approved by the FDA, which says it can make up no more than 1% of the food by weight. Oh, my God. 1%? That's
1: such great news, though. I hope that passes. It's so, so, like you said, it's so weird to have to be like, to have to allow... Those chemicals until you can prove otherwise. Like, oh, these chemicals shouldn't be in our food. Like, why were the chemicals ever in the food? That shouldn't be food. It's,
0: oh, it's so wacked.
1: It, well, it is. And and since
0: we're talking about disgusting things, <laughs> this is fucking disgusting. Okay. This is from theguardian.com. I'm sorry, people, but I have to report on this. Headline Eunuch Maker appears in London court on GBH charges. Marcus Gustafson is accused of broadcasting castration footage on a website in a wide-ranging conspiracy. Here's the article. A man accused of carrying out castrations on other men and broadcasting the footage on his eunuch maker website has appeared in court. Marius Gustafsson, 45, along with eight others, is alleged to have performed extreme body modifications, including the removal of penises and testicles. The procedures were filmed and uploaded to the website he ran, and subscribers would pay to watch. Westminster magistrate's court heard on Wednesday. Gustafsson, who is originally from Norway, is said to have been the ringleader in a wide-ranging conspiracy involving up to 29 offenses of extreme body modifications, the removal of body parts, the trade in body parts, and the uploading of videos. A total of nine men appeared in courts in central London and Wales on Wednesday over the alleged six-year plot, which is said to have brought in about £200,000 in income. My God, all of the alleged victims are said to have been part of a society in which people willingly undergo extreme body modification. The practice is linked to a subculture where men become nullos, short for genital nullification by having their penis and testicles removed. Oh my God. Well, there you go. A lot of things going on on old planet Earth here.
1: Uh, Do you have a palate cleanser after that? That was gross. And who's watching that? That's gross.
0: Uh, Humans, other humans. I guess so. Uh, Strangely low frequency, demonically potentially possessed humans. Sometimes you just got to like just look at those things and give it the middle finger, you know. This is from cbc.ca. Headline, giving the middle finger is a God-given right, says Quebec judge. And I would agree. <laughs> Article, giving someone the middle finger is a God-given right that belongs to all Canadians, a Quebec judge said as he recently acquitted a Montreal-area man of criminal harassment and uttering threats. In his ruling, Quebec court judge Dennis Gallia-Santos wrote that not only was Neil Epstein not guilty, the fact that he was arrested and prosecuted at all was a bewildering injustice. To be abundantly clear, it is not a crime to give someone the finger, the judge wrote in his February 24th ruling. Flipping the proverbial bird is a God-given charter-enshrined right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian may not be civil. It may not be polite. It may not be gentlemanly. Nevertheless, it does not trigger criminal liability. Wow, that was very Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> My Canadian listeners, what do you think about that? Yeah. It's your God-given right to just give people the finger. And it's been verified by one of your fantastic judges. So there you go. There's a palate cleanser for you.
1: Okay, I'll take it.
0: Okay, so let's... Uh, Let's move on to the next one, and this is something that's going on where they manufacture Jack Daniels whiskey. So this is from foodandwine.com. Headline, an entire Tennessee town is covered in whiskey fungus. So there's this fungus that's spreading all over the town where they manufacture Jack Daniels whiskey. Residents of Lincoln County. A community of 35,000 in southern Tennessee say they've had enough of the black mold quickly coating their homes, streets, and public spaces, and they're ready to make Jack Daniels fix it. As Insider explains, the mold known as Badoinia compnia Census, or by its nickname, whiskey fungus, grows thanks to the ethanol vapor Given off by whiskey distilleries, or in this case, the one by Jack Daniels located in town. In 2018, the liquor company built six barrel houses there and was going to construct 14 more before a recent lawsuit curtailed those plans. The fungus is on steroids, Christy Long told The Times, noting she and her husband have to power wash their property. Every three months with harsh chemicals, including bleach, but the fungus simply returns. If you take your fingernail and run your fingernail down our tree branch, it will just coat the tip of your finger. It's just disgusting. Wow. If you go on one of these distillery tours, they will tell you about the angel's share that goes into the atmosphere. And unfortunately... That also results in the devil's fungus. Whoa, so the ether is somehow creating a mold, the evaporating alcohol. Very
1: strange. There must be. I mean, that just sounds like something out of balance, you know, to have, there must be, it must not, I don't know, that's so interesting because it seems like there must be some sort of like sugars or yeasts or something that are still attached to the alcohol particles in order to start growing on the plants i don't know that's that's weird that's a weird one
0: it's very very strange but yeah a
1: bummer if you have black mold growing all over your house in your it's, yard it's not black mold it's something
0: else it's right some but other a black uh, yeah some, it's something that you don't want i would say that much just like this i don't know if you want this maybe you do and this is from cnn.com headline man found carrying mummy in a food delivery bag in peru You just never know what's inside those food delivery bags. Yeah, DoorDash could be a mummy. (laughs) Grubhub, you don't know what that grub is. Here's the article. A pre-Hispanic mummy, estimated to be between 600 to 800 years old, was discovered in a food delivery cooler bag by Peruvian police over the weekend. Police told CNN that the mummified remains were found with three men who were drinking in a deserted park, in the Peruvian city of Puno on Saturday afternoon. A 26-year-old man had a delivery bag labeled Pedidos Ya. Inside, they found a mummy. Senior agent Marco Antonio Ortega, who is a spokesperson for Puno Regions National Police, told CNN. Pedidos Ya is a Latin American food delivery app. Images of the discovery showed the mummy in a fetal position inside the red delivery bag. I never really say why he had it, but several mummies have been previously found in Peru, which is home to hundreds of archaeological sites of several civilizations that developed before and after the Inca Empire. A government official told AFP Tuesday that the delivery person will remain in detention while investigators look into the case. He could get off. He could have just said it was rotten food. He's like, I don't know, man. This thing went bad, and look what happened. Looks like it's like a 600-year-old dead body. (laughs) Speaking of dead bodies, I love these segues. And here's the next one, which is pretty morbid and very strange. Another strange anomaly within the human earth sphere. So here we go. This is from CBS 2 Iowa.com headline bride dies during wedding family replaces her with little sister. Oh my God. Here's the article. A woman who died during her wedding rituals was replaced with her sister and ended up marrying the groom instead. According to a report news 18. Which is an Indian media television channel owned by Network 18, reported on Saturday that the woman died in front of the Bhagwanashar Mahadev Temple in Nagar, India. News 18 said the bride's name was Hetal and was the daughter of a man identified as Janabi Rator. She was in the process of marrying Vishal, the son of Ranabai Butabai, al Gotar. Hetal reportedly said she felt dizzy before fainting, then she died. The doctors told her she had died of a heart attack after she was rushed to a hospital nearby, according to the media outlet. Even as the family mourned the death of Hetal, relatives proposed an alternative plan to ensure the wedding celebrations continued. The family, according to News 18, then decided to marry Hetal's younger sister instead. Hetal's body was reportedly kept in cold storage until the ceremony was over, the report noted. Corporator of Bhav Nagar City and the leader of Maldhari Samaj Mumbai Rator described the incident as very sad. He said, even though the family was shocked by the death of their daughter, members of society convinced them to set an example and not send the bridegroom and his family home empty handed. Oh my God. I don't even know what to say about that.
1: I'm just thinking about being the little sister. Like it's a strange way to start off your marriage,
0: eh? Yeah, you're like, hey, you got to take over this job. Your sister died. You got to marry this guy now. Cool with it, right? Cool with it, right? Whoa. There's several stories around <laughs> the world of these things happening. It's forced arranged marriages. I just, it's it's part of the Earth experience. It is.
1: It's different. It's uh, not something we're accustomed to.
0: Well, here's something I'm not accustomed to, and will never be accustomed to. This is abc7.com headline new device from China allows couples to simulate kissing over their phones. Stop! Oh my God. Here's the article. A new device out of China allows couples to share a kiss with real physical intimacy from anywhere in the world. The device, which attaches to your phone, is equipped with a silicone mold of a person's lips that has sensors and actuators to mimic an actual kiss from your loved one. The kissing device can also transmit the sounds made by the user's partner on the other end. Ew. <laughs> the device's creator said the inspiration for the invention was his own long distance relationship. The kissing device can be purchased for $40. He got tired of just licking the phone. He's like, why can't this be lips? I will make this lips. Ah, I don't know how I feel about that. This is some sick shit I'm about to tell you about. This is super weird, but also in a way you should know about it. Be aware of it. This is 6abc.com. Headline. Kidnapping scam uses artificial intelligence to clone teen girl's voice. Mother issues warning.
1: Oh, that is
0: so they clone the voice and then the mom thought it was real. Here's the article. There is a new scam using artificial intelligence to clone voices. Arizona mother, Jennifer DeStefano shared her story of a kidnapping hoax that sounded all too real. Jennifer said when she recently received a call from an unknown number, she almost didn't answer, but her 15-year-old daughter, Brianna, was on a skiing trip, and she worried it could be an emergency, so she picked up. It was my daughter's voice crying and sobbing, saying, Mom, Jennifer said, and I'm like, okay, what happened? She's like, Mom, these bad men have me, help me, help me. My God. Jennifer said a man demanded ransom in exchange for Brianna. He didn't want a wire transfer, but instead told her he'd pick her up. Within minutes though, they did confirm that her daughter was safe. Jennifer said it was all a scheme using artificial intelligence to replicate her daughter's voice. Most people in the modern age have some form of an online identity and have probably spoken in some way, in some aspect that's been recorded, especially if you're under the age of 25, futurist and way founder Sinead Baval said. So this becomes very, very challenging as we move into the future where we do have these AI generators or synthetic audio when it comes to verification and validation. Experts caution that Anyone with the right software can clone voices in just a matter of seconds. Oh my God. What a freak out. If you're like that mom and you get that call and for a second, it's like you really think it's your daughter and she's really been kidnapped. It's so messed up. But I just, again, you know, I felt like I had to report on that just because it's now out there. You know, it's happening. If you have children, it's just one more thing to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, that's dark and awful. I'm glad her daughter wasn't really kidnapped. But still, just to go through that and the way like the, the way that people are trying to scam people to get money is going to that is pretty, uh, I guess those ways are endless, right? People have evil <laughs> genius.
0: It's real. Evil genius it's is a real. It's real. Yeah. the dark side of the force if you're a Star Wars person. Well, it looks like Robocomp... The movie series is becoming reality in some way. And this is from ArsTechnica.com. Here is the headline. NYPD Robocops. Hulking 400-pound robots will start patrolling New York City. Mayor says new surveillance bots are only the beginning of police force revamp. Here's the article. The New York Police Department is bringing back the idea of policing the city with robots. The department experimented with Boston Dynamics spot in 2021 and shut the project down after a public outcry from civil liberties groups. The idea is being brought back by New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, who was elected in 2022 and described himself multiple times during the announcement as a computer geek. Adams is a former NYPD captain and ran on a platform of reducing crime. Most police departments already have an arsenal of robots, but they are usually for bomb disposal, not the day-to-day patrolling work that New York City envisions. Bomb disposal robots are usually just fancy remote-controlled cars totally dumb remote-controlled devices that have no automation and require one or several people to operate. New York City wants semi-autonomous robots patrolling the streets. Adams says, if we were not willing to move forward and use technology on how to properly keep cities safe, then you will not keep up with those doing harmful things. So wait, are you saying then that they have robot dogs and if you don't get robot dogs then they'll conquer you with their robot dogs i'm super confused new york city mayor eric adams why do you want these robot dogs look at that Bryn. what do you think about that look at this picture
1: yeah that looks sketchy it's a steel metallic yellow dog type looking thing but what is it patrolling exactly
0: the streets it has cameras it has
1: and then what is it like shoot you if you're not doing the right well, thing see, they haven't like, said anything about that that's what i'm curious that's stage
0: about. one stage one is the acceptance stage two is then the arming of the robots and giving right. them and the they made ability. it like
1: a dog so that's it's like, like oh, oh it's a little puppy
0: except it looks like the h.r. Giger alien. and has an alien head. The ankles are going unnaturally backwards. It looks like something you would see on an evil synthetic planet. Or not. Maybe I'm just being too judgmental. Just, you know, it's still very strange. That's why we're reporting on it. And robots are going to show up in a lot of different ways as we continue on down the time stream. This is from interestingengineering.com Headline, Robotics Firm Promises New Robot Masseuse Will Be Different This Time. Uh-oh, what happened last time?
1: <laughs> what does that mean exactly?
0: Here's the article. It
1: will also make you coffee.
0: Robotic or mechanical massagers are hardly a new idea, but a robotics firm called Flexive is hoping that its new robot masseuse will succeed where others have succeeded at becoming a novelty at best and an embarrassing disaster at worst. Announced earlier this week on its website, Flexive is debuting its Ryzen 4 robot, which has been developed to enable a fully automatic massage experience. Whoa! Finally! Powered by artificial intelligence, computer vision, and force feedback, the robot can provide a massage equal to any human masseur, the company claims. Able to target specific areas of the back or larger areas in general, the robot's soft silicone massage tool can accurately emulate the deep pressure glide stroke commonly used in Twyna, or as it's more widely known, Chinese deep tissue massage. I probably pronounced that wrong. Purporting to possess a world-class force sensitivity of 0.03 newtons, along with a host of AI and other advanced computer systems like 3D computer vision, Flexim's Rizon Four should be capable of giving completely customizable massage experiences based on the user. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> The one type fits all approach of standard mechanical massagers like those built into reclining seats is one of the major limitations on this kind of technology. And to that end, Flexive does appear to have at least some awareness of the fact that massages are a deeply personal experience that would need to be replicated for its robot to ever take off in a meaningful way, but
1: wow, customizable. Is it going to look like the uh, New York city cop robots? No, it looks like this. <laughs> look at this. It looks like a blender.
0: It looks like a, like a KitchenAid.
1: Yeah. That's what I flour mean. Like mixer. A, a kitchen, like a cake mixer. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's a human mixer. Okay. Just don't get out of line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. You don't know what that, that blade looks kind of sharp actually.
0: Well on to UFOs and aliens, which we love to cover on the show and this is from kcra.com headline starlink satellites are muddling ufo sighting statistics researchers say wow that was a mouthful here's the article at the start of the pandemic as many people found themselves spending a lot more time at home or outside than usual a handful of researchers were curious about the effects of public health measures on a niche area Of science UFO sightings Would more people report seeing UFOs during their increased time at home. The answer, according to a new research article published in the journal of scientific exploration last month is yes and no UFO reports did increase in 2020, but according to researchers, the cause didn't seem to be the pandemic. Instead, the culprit, or at least the compounding factor, could be the company owned by Elon Musk. The article outlines how researchers believe that because of lockdowns and physical distancing measures, along with an increase in anxiety among populations, there may have been an uptick in UFO sightings. To test their hypothesis, they looked at data from the National UFO Reporting Center and the Mutual UFO Network, which gather UFO reports from across the U.S., and looked at data from 2018 to 2020 in order to compare data from before and during the pandemic. In 2020, there was a clear uptick. Around 600 more reports were logged in each database compared to pre pandemic. Levels. But where and when these reports came from didn't seem to correlate with mobility records or with the levels of COVID 19. Without any clear links for the increase in reports, researchers looked for any compounding factors. What they found was Elon Musk's SpaceX. Starting in late 2019, SpaceX started regular launches of Starlink satellites, which provides satellite internet coverage to 50 countries. These launches include up to 60 satellites at once, adding significantly to the number of small flying objects in the sky. Researchers saw that there was a correlation between the timing of Starlink launches and increases in UFO sightings, Meaning that many 2020 UFO sightings may have been of terrestrial origin rather than extraterrestrial. Starlink has launched more than 3,000 satellites so far, something which astronomers have been raising concerns about for years. So, wow, a lot of those UFO sightings could be the Starlink, or is the Starlink a cover story for the uptick and the uptick in the presence of these uh, extraterrestrial visitors?
1: Great
0: question. And here's the next one, UFO related. This is from the jerusalempost.com. Headline: Possible UFO spotted near Russian nuclear power plant report. Here's the article. A UFO was spotted near Russia's Leningrad nuclear power plant in the city of Sosnovy Bor. In the Leningrad Oblast, Russian media reported. While the nature of the UFO is not clear, Russian military officials who are investigating the incident are at least very certain that it wasn't a drone or an airplane. The unknown object moved at the speed of the wind, a Russian official told the Russian state news agency TASS. This means it doesn't have engines. Which means it isn't a drone or an airplane. Other local media reports over Telegram said the UFO was located 10,000 meters in the sky and moving at 200 miles per hour. However, in a later, however, in a later statement, Leningrad Oblast Deputy Governor Mikhail Ilyin said the information about the UFO. Wasn't true.
1: <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, they're
0: like, yeah, no, they're that like, didn't no, happen. Actually, Nothing happened. Happen.
1: I remember there were many UFO sightings over Fukushima nuclear plant uh, after that tsunami, too. It seems like that's a common Are you fucking kidding
0: me? Yeah, I know. I remember that. There was a huge uptick. They're really concerned about us it's making a huge mistake. Up. and yeah. yeah. But we're not going to. It's just... They're always going to guard us because they just know we can't do that. If we do that, it's going to cause a big problem You're throughout just the universe.
1: start all the way over
0: again. Well, it's more than that because <laughs> our evolution is connected to other species evolution. Of course, yeah. There's a lot going on. Anyways, unilad.com. Headline. Scientists think aliens are trying to contact Earth after detecting five new radio bursts from space. Interesting. Disco? Country? Rocket? No, I'm just kidding. Here's the article. Scientists think that aliens from 4 billion light years away could be trying to contact the Earth via fast radio bursts. For decades, humans have been divided on whether alien life truly exists. However, according to newly released research, cosmic life forms may have been recently trying to contact the earth. Jory van Leeuwen at the university of Amsterdam has led an international team of astronomers and has published a paper in the journal astronomy and astrophysics in the paper, professor van Leeuwen and co recorded five FRBs, which were discovered in 2019. The FRBs were uncovered when the Westerbork synthesis radio telescope in the Netherlands was upgraded. Westerbrook contains 14 25 meter dishes and is fitted with a supercomputer called the Apertif radio transient system or arts for shorts. The newly published study reads only through the very high time and frequency revolution of arts. Are these hard to find FRBs detected producing an unbiased view of the intrinsic population properties. Whoa. In regards to the upgrades to the Westerbork, Eric Koistra at the Netherlands Institute for radio astronomy said, Following the upgrade, the Westerbork has been able to pick up FRBs as well as pinpoint the exact locations of the frequencies. The result has been that over a five-week period in 2019, astronomers found five FRBs. These had traveled roughly 4 billion light years through space. However, on their way to Earth, three of the five pierced the Triangulum Galaxy. This is a spiral galaxy that is roughly 2.73 million light years from our planets. After heading through the Triangulum Galaxy, the FRBs intersected the Andromeda Galaxy before hitting the halos of our Milky Way. Holy cow. Okay. So they're just saying we've got radio frequencies coming from 4 billion light years away. They're just kind of admitting it now. It's all happening now. Yes, finally. I've been <laughs> prepping for this my whole life. Right. And I've been trying to help other people prep for it, including you listening right now. That's wild. Unless you're already ready.
1: Do you <laughs> feel prepped for alien life, prep? Prepped from four billion light years away.
0: You're ready, huh? Like if they showed up right now, you wouldn't be freaked out?
1: I mean, I don't know. That would depend if they were benevolent or if they wanted to eat me for dinner. I mean, I don't know. It all depends on what the, uh, what the goal is.
0: So just seeing them would be pretty neutral for you.
1: I mean, it'd be interesting. I don't know that I'd be surprised at this point. Okay. I wouldn't be like, no, there's no such thing as aliens. I mean, like, I, you know, I you mean, wouldn't be like,
0: this can't be real. And you wouldn't be like hiding somewhere in a shed.
1: Uh, no, not unless it seemed obvious that there was like, you know, that my life was threatened that I might hide in a shed. I don't I don't know if that would really help, but probably wouldn't better to find anyway. <laughs> <laughs> DailyMail.co.uk
0: headline is Jupiter's icy moon home to aliens. European Space Agency will launch a spacecraft to the Europa this week in search of life.
1: Hmm, interesting choice. One of Jupiter's icy moons.
0: And here's the article: If alien life does exist in our solar system. Scientists believe they're most likely to find it on Mars or the icy moons of Saturn or Jupiter. That's why there's so much excitement about a new spacecraft that will this week depart Earth and make an arduous eight year journey towards the largest planet in our solar system. Once it arrives, the JUICE satellite, one of the most daring space missions Europe has ever attempted will make a series of flybys of Jupiter and its three large ocean-bearing moons, Callisto, Ganymede, and Europa. As it soars closer to these worlds than ever before, the six-ton spacecraft will use an advanced suite of instruments to explore the gas giant and investigate whether any of the satellites that surround it are habitable. Juice will blast off from Europe's spaceport in French Guiana on Thursday, April 13th, piggybacking on Ariane 5, a rocket similar to the one that propelled the James Webb Space Telescope into orbit in December of 2021. Wow. So, first of all, there's a spacecraft called Juice. <laughs> And juice, we're shooting juice over to Jupiter, (laughs) take some shots of the moon. We're getting some juicy shots there.
1: I feel like a spaceship in the 50s would not be called juice. You know? It's definitely, it seems like a generational. Perhaps it's a
0: French word or a European word. I just don't know. Maybe it means something far more profound. You never know. And this one's from space.com. Headline. Aliens could be hiding in Terminator Zones on Planet with Eternal Night. And here's the sub headline Alien life could thrive in Terminator Zones, the edges between the light and dark sides of planets that are tidally locked with their host stars. Okay. And here's the article Imagine if one side of the Earth always faced the sun. Half of the planet would be stuck in perpetual daylight, the other shrouded in permanent night. But for aliens and other solar systems, our doomsday scenario may be there every day, and life might get along just fine. In a new study, astronomers propose that extraterrestrial life could exist in so-called Terminator Zones, the border between light and dark halves of an exoplanet. These planets have a permanent day side and a permanent night side. Anna Lobo, an astrophysicist at University of California, Irvine, and lead author of the new work said in a statement, this is a planet where the day side can be scorching hot well beyond habitability. And the night side is going to be freezing, potentially covered in ice. You could have large glaciers on the night side. Through computer simulations, Lobo showed that Terminator zones on planets with a significant amount of land versus those covered entirely in oceans could, in fact, support liquid water and therefore life. With too much water, however, everything evaporates, covering the surface in a thick cloud of vapor. A slew of upcoming planet hunting telescopes could search such Terminator zones for signs of life from the famed James Webb Space Telescope to the future Habitable Worlds Observatory slated to tank the skies in the 2040s. What is this about Habitable Worlds Observatory? I don't know about that one. Whoa. We're
1: going
0: to have to cover that. This is the first time hearing about this. This is the habitable world's observatory. I'll get back to that people. Don't worry. Let's cover some more news. This is from daysdigital.com. headline. Aliens might have already landed on earth says the Pentagon. And here's the article. Many people here on earth are devoted to detecting signs that we're not alone in the universe from amateur conspiracy theorists to the minds behind professional research centers such as SETI and the Galileo project. But what if intelligent alien life is already watching us and learning about our civilization without us knowing it's even there? According to a draft document released by the head of the Pentagon's UFO investigation arm earlier this month, that's a very real possibility. Authored by Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, and Avi Loeb, the chairman of Harvard's Astronomy Department and founder of the ET Hunting Galileo Project, the research report outlines the possibility that aliens have been able to travel to Earth by analyzing the physical constraints of space flights. More specifically, the report comes to the conclusion that it's feasible that alien life has already visited our home planet. Looking at the distance that their crafts would have to travel from planets orbiting distant sun-like stars, it notes that they could make the journey in less than a billion years. Since most stars formed more than a billion years before the sun, it adds, it is possible that other technological civilizations predated ours by the amount of time needed for their devices to reach earth. That's an interesting metric. <laughs> so, wow. They're saying the Pentagon's saying, yes, they've most likely sent probes and who knows what's going to happen. But maybe somebody knows, like this person. <laughs> New York headline: Time Traveler claims hostile aliens are coming to take back Earth. Oh my God. Here's the article. A self-proclaimed time traveler who warned of an alien invasion claims that send extraterrestrials have arrived on Earth recently. And abducted 8,000 Earthlings. A video depicting the supposed dystopian announcement has amassed 161,000 views, as well as ridicule from viewers who wondered if he was 1.21 gigawatts short of a DeLorean. The champion has arrived to bring another 8,000 people to another planet, declared Eno Alaric, known as the Radiant Time Traveler. In the clip posted on March 23rd, the so-called interdimensional Voyager who claims to be from the year 2671 frequently posts his apocalyptic forecasts to his 400,000 TikTok followers. Wow. His latest vision for Armageddon, which he'd been foretelling for months in various clips, warned of a very hostile alien species known as the distance that are coming to take back the earth. It's a fight we will not win per one of the many videos which feature trippy cosmic imagery and are sent to epic music worthy of a Roland Emmerich disaster film. Thankfully, Alaric predicted that another alien dubbed the champion whose world was destroyed by the hostiles would save some of us from judgment day. No word as to whether it's spaceship plays the iconic Queen Anthem upon arrival. On March 23rd, 2023, about 8,000 people will be taken to another habitable planet, the time traveler claims. So who knows? I don't really feel any resonant truth with that, but you know, it's fun to report on. Hey, what about this one from Yahoo.com? Headline, aliens could be found in dust, scientists say. It could be that small? Let's find out. And here's the article. Alien life could be found in dust ejected from other worlds, scientists have said. The grains ejected from other worlds could still be carrying signs of life on their planets. When a planet experiences an enormous collision, such as an asteroid impact, parts of its material are often flung into space. It can then travel through the universe, covering vast distances over huge periods of time. That material might include direct or indirect signs of life on those planets, such as fossils of microorganisms. And a new paper suggests that humanity could one day study that dust for those same signs of life, or may even be able to now. I propose we study well-preserved grains ejected from other worlds for potential signs of life. Said the university of Tokyo's Tomonori Totani author of the new paper, the search for life outside our solar system typically means a search for signs of communication, which would indicate intelligent life, but precludes any pre-technological life or the search is for atmospheric signatures that might hint at life, but without direct confirmation, there can always be an explanation that does not require life. However, if there are signs of life in the dust grains, not only could we be certain, but we could also find out soon. Okay. Interesting. So look for the rocks, the space dust. It could be there. We're still in the alien vein for a minute. The alien vein. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Is that a band yes there's a new band named the alien Vane. militarytimes.com headline tucker carlson shares bizarre tale of troops dying from ufo encounters During an appearance on the Full Send podcast, Fox News' Tucker Carlson recalled a recent discussion with a Stanford professor who 11 years ago was allegedly tasked by the Defense Department to investigate numerous cases of troops dying due to UFO-inflicted brain injuries.
1: Uh,
0: okay. The host of Tucker Carlson Tonight shared that his source, who claimed to have expertise in traumatic brain injury, studied the brains of more than 100 troops who died following such encounters. The professor also told Carlson that there are dozens of open court cases that support his claims. In a number of these cases, these things have landed on military bases. Servicemen have approached them and they get traumatic brain injury or they're killed, Carlson said on the podcast. I'm like, why isn't this on the front page of the New York Times? I don't know.
1: Wow. Well, there's definitely a reason why it wouldn't be on the front page of the New York Times.
0: The U.S. military, meanwhile, is having no part of this particular UFO discussion. That story is false. Susan Goh, a Defense Department spokesperson, told Military Times. The Pentagon declined to comment further. So it turns out that a lot of people have been attacked by these strange crafts. Who knows what's going on? Maybe it's the radiation. They don't really say how the brain injury is happening. Next article, popularmechanics.com. And now you know that this is entering mainstream consciousness, something we talk about quite a bit on our podcast, starseeds, right? The Pleiadians, the starseed, that consciousness. Listen to this headline. A growing body of humans think they're starseeds, aliens living on earth. Wow. Wow. Yes, it's, it's popular now. It's Popular Mechanics. Popular
1: Mechanics. You've had several guests on talking about that.
0: Here's the article. There are a lot of humans on this planet who believe they're star seeds or aliens from another planet. According to a new report in The Conversation, the trend is rapidly catching on. The conversation reports that the hashtag Starseed is growing in popularity on the internet, including a massive rise on TikTok, now with over 1 billion views on content tied to the
1: hashtag. Wow. Wow, a billion views? A billion.
0: Starseeds believe they have reawakened from another planet to be born here, according to the conversation. Of course, with that belief comes several other fantastical beliefs, such as starseeds' conviction that they can transport between galaxies or communicate in light languages. Tied back to Brad Steger and his 1976 book, Gods of Aquarius, starseeds latched onto his concept that some people originate from other dimensions. As star seeds gain traction in popular culture, the more people want to be a part of the trend. And as the fantasy element of star seeds excites some, they grow interested in being part of a culture that feeds their interests. The truth of course, is that none of this is rooted in any actual science and that the ongoing search for aliens hasn't materialized any life apart from what we already know about on earth. But it's still fun to believe popular mechanics says, but we know the truth. My (laughs) God, that was a whole lot of paradigm dismissing and all kinds of gross kind of just negativity. But, but it's entering mainstream consciousness, the star seed frequency, the star seed energy, the star seed consciousness. It's happening. Billions of people, they're awakening. They're awakening to galactic consciousness. This is all part of our ascension process. Sorry, Tim Newcomb, who wrote that article. And here's one as we pivot away from our extraterrestrial family. This is from cbc.ca. People were using psychedelic drugs in Bronze Age Europe study finds. And here's the article. People have been using mind-altering substances for a long, long time. While archaeologists and historians have long suspected that people in Bronze Age Europe consumed psychoactive drugs, they now have hard scientific evidence to back it up and it's all thanks to several tiny strands of human hair found impeccably preserved in a 3,000-year-old burial site in Spain. Those hairs, researchers have found, contained traces of three different alkaloid substances that are known to cause altered states of consciousness. It was amazing. Rafael Mico, a professor of archaeological prehistory at the autonomous university of Barcelona told as it happens, host Neil Cossel. It is the first direct evidence in Europe of the consumption of psychedelic drugs. Wait a second. Uh, I I have some more evidence that that's happened in Europe, but they're saying 3000 years ago, but okay. Like, come on. We already know that it's been a part of human history forever, but I guess we need these strange scientific verifications to process it in the grander sense. Not sure.
1: Well, I mean, our society's set up to need proof of things via scientific methods and so on and so forth. So, you know, usually it's more limiting than proving anything, but.
0: Okay. Here is the next article. Microdose.buzz. Headline Hawaii passes bill to prepare for federal approval of psychedelics. Here's the article Psychedelic legalization is moving through the Aloha states. The Hawaii Senate has approved a bill HB 1340 a proposed law that would create an advisory board to explore and prepare for regulations around federal approval of breakthrough therapies like psychedelics. The bill originally sponsored by representative Adrian Tam had already passed through the house and was in the Senate for possible amendments. The bill would require that the state department of health, to establish a breakthrough therapy designation advisory council. The bill passed the Senate on Tuesday without much debate and heads back to the House for another and perhaps final vote. Wow, so they're getting ready for the psychedelic breakthrough to coincide with the processing of galactic consciousness. You need to raise your vibration, you need to raise your energy, your personal energy, in order to process that higher information. The aliens, the extraterrestrials, the angels, they exist in that higher information frequency range. So you have to raise yourself to get there. Okay, so here's the next one. MarijuanaMoment.net. Like you're having a marijuana moment. I,
1: I love the name of that website.
0: And this is an Oregon headline. Oregon approves nation's first psilocybin grower license to supply psychedelic service centers. The first license has been issued. We've talked about this on several beyond the news episodes, and it's finally real. It finally happened. Somebody, someone or some woman, I should say, now has the license. Here's the article. Oregon regulators have approved the nation's first ever psilocybin production license under a novel state-based regulatory framework for broad access to the psychedelic that voters approved in 2020. The Oregon Health Authority announced on Wednesday that they've granted a psilocybin manufacturer license to the woman-owned business Satori Farms PDX LLC. The so-called magic mushrooms produced at the manufacturing facility will help supply future businesses where people can go to have the psychedelic administered in a supervised environment. Regulators were tasked under the historic voter-approved initiative to begin issuing licenses for the manufacturing, testing, and administering of psilocybin by January 2nd, 2023. The Oregon Psilocybin Services said they expect to issue additional licenses for those categories in the coming months. We congratulate Tori Armbrust of Satori Farms PDX LLC for being issued the first psilocybin license in Oregon's history and for representing women leading the way for the emerging psilocybin ecosystem, OPS section manager Angie Alvey said in a press release. Wow. OHA has also approved 48 psilocybin worker permits so far. A total of 224 worker permit and license applications have been submitted to the state as of Wednesday. Wow. (laughs) It's happening, people. It's happening.
1: Times are changing. Wow. Well, we've just got a handful more of
0: articles to go. We're going to go in different directions. Of course, we always close with some funny ones. But here's a weird one kind of pivoting away from psychedelics, but still talking about these. Strange substances. This is from DailyMail.co.uk. Headline, exclusive first anti-aging pills to hit shelves in 2028, expert predicts as Silicon Valley races to conquer death. Interesting. They're always trying to prolong life. What are they trying to escape from? What judgment are they trying to hide from? Here is the article. Pills that can help a person reverse the effects of aging could be on the market in the next five years, according to an expert. Sam Altman was revealed to have funded biotech startup Retro Bioscience to the tune of $180 million last month. He is the latest in a long line of Silicon Valley billionaires to throw their considerable wealth behind the science of aging. Amazon's Jeff Bezos is reported to have invested $3 billion in life extension startup Altos Labs. PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel invested in the Methuselah Foundation, which has the goal of making 90 the new 50. With all of these resources being thrown at curing aging, Andrew Steele, the author of the 2020 book, Ageless, the new science of getting older without getting old, believes pills to prevent aging may be on pharmacy shelves within five years. He points to existing medications such as the diabetes tablet metformin that could be retooled as an anti-aging treatment in the very, very near term. Interesting. You know, they're really trying to extend life and at the same time subjugate people think about that one for a second they want to live forever they're hiding from something speaking of hiding man i wanted to hide from this one this is so embarrassing i was so grossed out by this just email me and tell me what you think time.com headline the dalai lama apologizes for asking point to suck my tongue in viral video and if you saw the video it's Not good, people. It's really not good. Here's the article. The Dalai Lama apologized Monday morning after a video of him kissing a child on the lips and asking him to suck his tongue went viral on social media. Well, yeah. The Tibetan Buddhist spiritual leader expressed his apologies to the boy and his family as well as his many friends across the world for the hurt his words may have caused, according to a statement by his office. His Holiness often teases people he meets in an innocent and playful way, even in public and before cameras. He regrets the incident, it added. The statement did not reference the kiss. Oh my God. The video was taken in the Indian town of Dharmasala in February at the temple where the Dalai Lama lives. In it, you can see the young boy asking for a hug. The Dalai Lama points to his cheek saying, First here, after which the Dalai Lama points to his own lips and asks for another kiss. The 87-year-old priest then says, suck my tongue in the clip, pulling his forehead closer to the young boys and sticking out his tongue. It was disgusting. The clip was immediately criticized and viewed by millions of people online who were shocked by the Dalai Lama's actions, calling it sick and pedophilic. It was fucking gross, people. So it just goes to show you, don't put anyone on a pedestal, anytime, anywhere.
1: Exactly. Focus on
0: one thing. That's source, the divine. Put that on a pedestal. That's it.
1: And work on yourself.
0: Work on yourself. <laughs> that's all you can do. Don't ask a little boy to suck your tongue in front of the whole world.
1: Or, or ever. I like Just say
0: Sorry, that kind of came out wrong. Don't ever ever do what that guy did. I don't
1: ever. take advantage of other people's anything, but including admiration. Yeah, that was
0: It's very strange. But okay.
1: I wondered at first if it was like some sort of um something got lost in translation, but sounds like no.
0: And let's just talk a little bit more about lab-grown meats. Oh god. This is from abcnews.go.com. Headline lab grown chicken meat is getting closer to restaurant menus and store shelves article a scientific quest to feed the world protect animals and simultaneously cut down on greenhouse gas emissions is on the cusp of a major milestone in the US advocates say. In the last five months, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has cleared two American producers of lab-grown meat to bring their products to market, finding no questions about the company's claims the protein is safe for human consumption, though critics still have concerns about the industry's financial viability relative to long-term output.
1: That's the only thing they're worried about? (laughs) it's like the Skittles, you know, just eat them for now. They're fine.
0: Yes. It's all.
1: Wow. But very, yet, very and also bad. the, the, the claim of um, being more environmentally friendly, but yet the photo shows them in this giant factory full of lights and electricity and, Chemicals. and um, you know, rare minerals and all of the computer equipment. and I don't know. It doesn't, Yeah, Uh, something's off. Something's off. Something's off. But
0: somebody's fighting back. And actually, the whole country of Italy is fighting back. So this is from Forbes.com. And here's the headline. Italy proposes a ban on lab-grown meats to protect its food heritage. Here's the article. The Italian government has given its support to a bill that would prohibit the sale of lab-grown meat and other synthetic foods, highlighting Italian food heritage as a leading cause. If the bill passes, anyone who violates the ban could face fines of up to $65,000. Calling for protection of natural food versus synthetic food lobbyists have collected half a million signatures in recent months, including that of prime minister Giorgia Maloney. Her government has also recently decreed a ban on the use of insect derived flour in pizza and pasta at a flash mob outside her office in Rome. Maloney said, we can only celebrate with our farmers a measure that puts our farmers in the vanguard, not just on the issue of defending excellence, but also in defending consumers. The farming lobby welcomed the move, but animal welfare groups expressed disappointment. They believe that lab-grown meat is a viable solution to issues like carbon emissions and food safety. Laboratory products do not guarantee quality well-being, and the protection of the Italian food and wine culture and tradition to which part of our tradition is linked, said Minister of Agriculture, Francesco Lodobrigadia, who is part of the same party as the Prime Minister. Interesting. So people are fighting back, and we've just got a few more. One's kind of depressing, so we'll just get this one out of the way. Boston.com, headline. Maine woman gets bulldozed by a cow while out for a jog. So just be careful. You can't let your cows out. They kill fighting back for all the burgers. Here is the article. While preparing for a jog on Friday, a woman was bulldozed by a male bovine in Maine. According to a statement from the Farmington chief of police, Kenneth Charles, the 43 year old woman told police the bull charged her lifting her by its horns while she was getting ready for a jog along the whistle stop trail in West Farmington. She escaped by running into the trees and sustained non-life threatening injuries. Oh, thank God she lived. The department announced the incident a day later on its Facebook page with the notice. It may be April fool's day though. This is not intended as a prank. Police were not alerted to the incident around 3 p.m. and responded alongside ambulance and animal control. The woman was taken to the hospital where she received stitches for a small laceration. Well, thank God. But just be careful, people. The cows are seeking vengeance.
1: (laughs) Or they're just out for a morning jog as well. (laughs) You never know.
0: Don't turn your back on the cows. And this one is very strange. This is from the nationaldesk.com. headline naked man driving stolen school bus with dead deer inside leads police on a chase. That's a lot of words <laughs> you wouldn't expect to be together, but there they are. <laughs> wow. And here's the article, a strange situation spanning Adams, York and Cumberland counties in Pennsylvania happened early Tuesday morning. According to Carroll Township Police Department, police received a call on Tuesday about seeing a stolen bus being driven by Tony Saunders in Dillsburg around 7.10 a.m. Pennsylvania State Police in Gettysburg reported the same stolen bus and to be on the lookout, especially in York and Adams Counties. Officials say officers on patrol spotted the stolen bus driving through a giant foods and Rite Aid parking lot. The school bus turned west and then authorities caught up to Saunders. At first, officers say the bus pulled over near the PA turnpike, but shortly after pulled away, starting a chase with police. Authorities say the bus later passed an exit for Lower Allen Drive and exited the highway. At this point, police say Saunders then drove over a berm, almost flipping the bus. Saunders then drove the vehicle onto Gettysburg Drive and turned into a nearby neighborhood. This is an incredible story. This is so funny. Where he exited the bus and ran from police. Run, Forrest, run. Officers say as Saunders ran, he stripped off his clothes until he was fully naked, running through numerous parking lots and busy traffic areas.
1: That seems like a really good way to be spotted as you're trying to run away from well, police.
0: People are definitely going to get out of your way.
1: <laughs> that police, is also true.
0: Police say Saunders was then arrested nude and later admitted to taking the bus earlier Tuesday morning after crashing a BMW vehicle. According to law enforcement, Saunders also admitted to placing a dead deer inside the bus and was attempting to drive it to his home to use as fertilizer for his garden. That's some tweaker stuff right there.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, did he put the deer on the bus to pretend it was like students or something? Oh like he my. was driving the school yeah, bus? Yeah, no, but, he wanted yeah. fertilizer. Fertilizer, yeah. That's some That's
0: some tweaker rationale.
1: Right there, and energy.
0: Yeah, so. Good,
1: you know, admire the energy level there.
0: So here we go. There's one last one. It's just kind of fun, good news, kind of all related to everything that we talked about. This is from KPEX, KPAX.com. And the headline is Garden City Fungi seeks to grow mycelium and food on the moon. And here is the article. From Houston, Montana, all the way up to the moon, Garden City fungi is changing the game. With what, may you ask? Mycelium, which is the branching root of a mushroom fungus. Mushrooms are the premier recyclers of our planet. Mushrooms can eat oil. They're pretty good at cleaning up a lot of chemical issues. Garden City Fungi owner Glenn Babcock shared with MTN News. Mycelium has been alive, connecting life for hundreds of millions of years. It not only has the power to make a zero-waste circular ecosystem, but also to help grow food in space, but there's a problem. There's no CO2 source in space. We have to take the CO2 with us. If we're going to go into space and grow food, we got to have it said Vavcock. That's where exhale bags come into play. And it all starts with sawdust. Now I've seen these exhale bags. Cannabis growers have used these forever to create CO2 for their Grow room. I've seen these exhale bags. These aren't new. So he wants to use these exhale bags to grow food and space. And yes, exhale is actually the company that served the cannabis industry. So there they go. They're branching out. They went from cannabis to mushrooms to the moon. So congratulations, exhale. You did it. Okay. I love you, man. Okay. So Bryn. Wow. That was it. That was this week's beyond the news. Fairly tame.
1: <laughs> well i don't know i could go back to some pretty extreme things that you mentioned but it, it was all know. very
0: strange it's a a, of,
1: seven weeks on earth uh, just an average seven weeks on earth an huh?
0: average seven weeks on earth and a lot of new things entering the mainstream star seats look this is the first time yeah. that was the first time i've seen a mainstream article about starseed consciousness even
1: saying the word starseed
0: it's cracking the thing is cracking it's happening people the new earth is rising it's happening before our eyes and we can see it we can read it between the lines within earth's newsfeed and that's why we do this on beyond the news to get those strange correlations does correlation equal causation i don't know but there's definitely some clues there so Wow, Bryn! thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great episode.
1: Absolutely, that was fun. And wild and weird and gross sometimes, but overall great.
0: (laughs) It is what it is. It Uh, is, exactly. That's earth, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So it's all here. Uh, But we want to raise it up. We want to make it more good. We want to phase it out, get to a higher frequency. And that's what this is all about. So thanks for being here, Bryn. Absolutely. Thanks
1: for having me. Take care.
0: Yes, and everyone, fantastic Beyond the News episode. Again, check out our Patreon. Help us get this out there more, people. Do that for me. Patreon.com slash Midnight on Earth. And we will see you next week and in seven weeks for another Beyond the News episode. But next week, we have some more guests. And we will see you then. Next week. Midnight on Earth.